Welcome to the DKP Word. This is my first podcast, and I'm very grateful that you have chosen to take a few minutes to listen and allow me to introduce myself. For those of you who recognize my voice, my name is David Payne. And um, for those of you that have never heard me before, my name is David Payne, and I'm very grateful to be coming to you by way of this podcast and wherever you're listening today. I hope that the words are inspirational, the words are encouraging. I hope to say something that would cause you to want to join uh, me at later podcasts and listen in to the things that uh, I would like to share to help bring encouragement, inspiration, motivation to people who choose to listen to the things that I have to say I think for this first podcast, I'll just take a few minutes and introduce myself, uh, who I am and uh, what this is about and what I hope these podcasts are about. And so I, you know, just would like to begin by telling you a little bit about myself. I'm uh, 57 years old at this point. I've lived quite a bit of life. I was born to Ardell and Rachel Payne of Covington, Georgia, uh, back in 1962. I just celebrated a birthday, and um, it's it's exciting to be living life at the level that I am now and enjoying my life and enjoying uh, the challenges that life has put before me. Uh, I had a great mom and dad. In fact, today as I record this uh, initial uh, podcast. Uh, today's my dad's birthday, and he would have been 93, I believe, if he had still been living, but he passed a few years ago. And uh, I was very fortunate to have hardworking parents, mom and dad, that uh, loved me, and I can't claim uh, any any real negative things to my childhood as far as my parents are concerned, I had three older brothers, Mike, Randy, and Daryl, and I was the baby of these four boys, and I used to laugh with my mother because the brother closest to me, Daryl, he is uh, nine uh, months, nine years, and just a few months older than I am, almost 10 years, and my mom would always say, oh, you're such a blessing, and I'd be like, yeah, I'm a mistake as I got a little older. And uh, always had a good time messing with her about that. But uh, had three amazing, had three amazing brothers who have been and continue to be extremely supportive to me and of me even unto this day. And so very grateful, grateful for them. I have two amazing children. Uh, my son Stephen, uh, who right now is uh, traveling the world. As I'm recording this, he's somewhere in the Baltic region of the world. Uh, he's been in Turkey, and I think he might be in Georgia, but not the state of Georgia. Uh, he's traveling and uh, taking a little time away from his job as a lawyer. And my daughter, Arlissa, uh, who is married to an amazing man, Mike. Uh, Arlissa is a phenomenal Phenomenal young lady who uh, is raising three children, uh, grandchildren of mine, Houston, Isabella, and Olivia, and they are truly, uh, they are the joys of my life, and I just love seeing them. I think I learned what unconditional love was all about 
when uh, at probably about five years old, I took Houston to eat at a local Japanese restaurant, and he looked up at me and he's like, "Poppy, you rock!" and and it it brought joy to my 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 heart. It brought uh, tears to my eyes, and I realized here this little fellow was he was loving me unconditionally. He didn't care who I was. He didn't care uh, what I had done, what I hadn't done. He was just loving on me. And uh, it was amazing. And those three grandchildren still to this day bring so much joy uh, to my life. Uh, I was laughing a while back, um, talking about Stephen traveling the world, thinking, wow, uh, I'm running around uh, taking care of his taxes, taking care of his deposits and his bills. And I'm like, man, I must have done something wrong. But in reality, when I think about uh, my children, their mother and I uh, did an amazing job with them. And they've grown into amazing adults. And I'm extremely proud of them and, and what they're doing in their life. Um, you know, I grew up in Covington, Georgia, and I attended Newton County Schools. Uh, my first three years was at Porterdale, the old Porterdale Elementary Schools uh, in Porterdale, Georgia. And uh, I was there because that's where the school lines were drawn. But also my, <clears throat> my dad uh, worked at the mill at the Bib Manufacturing Company and uh, that was a very influential time in Porterdale, or during that time, uh, the bib was very influential. I have a lot of great memories of growing up there and holidays and a uh, lot, of, lot of things with classmates and uh, teachers. In fact, I had a friend send me some pictures of my first and third grade just the other day uh, on Facebook. And uh, it was funny seeing that little smiley, goofy-looking look, goofy boy uh, on the front row uh, of both of those pictures. And uh, but he had a he had an amazing childhood for uh, for those three years uh, that he was there, that I was there. Talking about myself there. Uh, so I'm a product of Newton County Schools. I moved from there to New Porterdale Schools and then from there to the Covington Schools. And I thought I had really moved uptown uh, when I got to go to, to Fickwit Elementary School. And I still remember all the amazing things that went on in, in my my school time. And remember my first fight in the sixth grade and uh, then moving to middle school, <laughs> and I don't say that because I'm much of a fighter, but I just, uh, I was laughing the other day with somebody about I'm not much of a fighter. I still remember the guy, a good friend of mine, he's a doctor uh, now, and we're still friends to this day, but we got in a little scuffle, and I was getting the best of him, and then he got the best of me, and I'm like, I give. I'm not cut out for this fighting stuff, but uh, a lot of fun memories thinking back. Uh, to, you know, middle school and some amazing teachers and classmates and friends and uh, just just uh, a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful time and experience. I got involved in band in the fourth, fourth grade, and then I really got involved in, uh, I guess, a chorus in the sixth grade. 
and or seventh grade and had amazing experiences there going on to be a part of the Georgia All-State course in the ninth grade where I'd moved to Newton County Comprehensive High School and uh, went through high school there, graduating um, really, I guess, in the top of my class in the Beta Club and um, had had an amazing uh, time in my my high school years, lots of memories, and I could talk a lot about that. But in this introduction, you don't want to hear a whole lot about that. A lot of people are like, "What was Comprehensive High School? Newton County Comprehensive High School?" I, I really am not sure what all that meant, or what what all was involved in that, or what it was supposed to have meant. I do know we were one of the few schools or the only schools that I knew that had open classroom concepts. And that was, if anybody's listening that was there with me, you know, that was a blast because you basically had a center hall with uh, classrooms on either side and just walls dividing the class, but they were open so you could see out in the halls. And uh, it was uh, it was a unique time and a great time to to go to school at Newton County Comprehensive High School. I remember Phil Tripp's in 4-H, I remember field trips with uh, Miss A's class, biology class, to Okefenokee Swamp, down to uh, Savannah, to uh, the state uh, University of Georgia, uh, Skidaway Island uh, camp where we went out on boats, and I got to experience all this life. And then with 4-H to to New York and Chicago, and mom and dad allowed me to to experience a lot of life with classmates and schoolmates and school programs. And, and that was, uh, an extremely exciting time. Uh, I went on to marry, uh, at a very young age and had children, um, and, 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 and grew up way too fast. But, uh, I had began right out of high school to pursue a business degree that I later went on to finish uh, online, and there's something to be said for starting things and then finishing things. I started in the 80s. I went back and tried it again, tried more in the 90s, and then finally in the 2012, 11, 10, 13, somewhere in there, I actually went back to school. My daughter was the motivating factor for me going back to school. She had one class to to uh, to finish her degree, and it was a class I could take. It was astronomy and uh, we went to school together and competed, and I don't remember if she made better than me, but uh, or I made better than her, but it was by a very slim margin. We both had A's, and we had an amazing time. She was uh, expecting her first child, and uh, I'm sure there was we were the topic of a lot of discussions of who's this old guy and this young girl uh, who sit together, have the same last name, and are in this class, but... Uh, uh, it, it got me started, and I finished my business degree, and then uh, a few years ago, I went back and, I guess, searching for uh, wanting to get an education, wanting to finish some higher degrees, I uh, began to 
I pursued philosophy, and I remember the first class that I took, I was thinking, what in the world am I doing in this class? None of this makes sense. What's real, and what can you know, and who is this Descartes guy, and uh, Spinoza, and we were, you know, we were talking about all these different problems, and it really, I always prided myself as a thinker, but philosophy drove me to think more than 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 ever before, and I, I'm sure that a lot of people that observed my life and have observed my life probably thought yeah well philosophy was kind of the end of him but really it was uh, something amazing that caused me to begin to think a lot of people because of my profession that uh, are even things that I'm involved in now as far as ministry a lot of people said well what did what did philosophy do to you you know as far as faith and and I think they're astonished when they hear me say uh, philosophy actually probably strengthened my faith in God more uh, than anything else. A lot of, a lot of. A lot of my professors were atheist or agnostic or didn't claim a faith, and that's something that's kind of well-known with philosophy. And a lot of people, why in the world would you do that? Because in, in what was so intriguing to me about philosophy in that degree was the fact that it forced me, it caused me to ask questions. Uh, it caused me to say, I can believe whatever I want to believe, but I need to be able to give an answer and a reason for why I believe it. So what it did to my faith was it probably broadened my view on religion more so than had ever been before. It made me more open to other people, to other people's ideas, and I understood the world at a larger level, but at a fundamental level, it probably substantiated my uh, belief in God more than anything else. Before that bachelor's degree in philosophy, and even before the business degree, I'd had a pastor friend who had a Bible college or Bible institute. Uh, in fact, uh, strategic, I think it was the Strategic Institute for uh, Christian Leadership. Uh, they gave me an honorary bachelor's degree in strategic leadership. So those are the degrees in the formal education that I uh, that I have. I did have some Bible school training. I never completed a degree in Bible school. Uh, but uh, did did have those trainings. So that's uh, that's a little bit about my education and who I am and where I came from in some of those things. My work history, I uh, grew up, I had an uncle who was a brick mason. In fact, I was telling someone just this week, I was pointing out a couple of buildings, and I'm like, hey, I, I mixed the mortar and the mud for those buildings, and I... Uh, I, 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 I carried blocks and I carried bricks and I pointed those places out. And that was kind of fun to be able to, to say, Hey, I, I was involved in that, uh, for, uh, uh, many, many years ago, back when I was 15. And then I went to work for a company called food giant. All three of my brothers had worked for what was known back then as big apple and it changed the food giant, but I always wanted to work there. So my first three years after I turned 16, I worked at Food Giant um, and 
there was, uh, I enjoyed just growing, you know, in my knowledge of the world and knowledge of working and uh, interacting with people. That was, uh, that was an incredible experience. After my son was born, I got a full-time job. My first full-time job out of high school was with a company called John Harlan Company, where I printed checks, um, worked in some research and development projects. But for the most part, I just was the little guy that was always reading his Bible because uh, I'd kind of gotten serious about life because I had a kid, I had a wife, and I'm like, I don't know what to do, but uh, I need to I need to make sure that I focus and try to do this right. And so I uh, worked at John Harlan Company for seven years and still have lasting friendships from that to this day. In fact, I think there's a John Harlan lunch coming up for long and uh, get together with some of those guys even today, and that's been a long time ago, but uh, worked there and um, very grateful for that time. And then from there, I went on, I left John Harlan Company in 1987, and I had felt this call to be a pastor and was called by the local church that I grew up in to actually um become pastor of a church that I had grown up in uh, as just a young kid. And it was the background of that church was Pentecostal holiness. And that's how I had been raised. And so uh, I was following along, helping the pastor who was before me, who had pastored for 42 years. And uh, helped him while he was going through some difficult times. And after he passed, uh, the church voted me in as their pastor. And I began a pastorate that lasted for almost 30 years. Enjoyed a lot of success, uh, saw a lot of change um, as I took very seriously what people had said. I, I have a lot of people even, not even to this day, but because people kind of leave me alone now, but uh, back in the day, they'd be care- they'd be, be like, be careful what you say and how you preach because you're going to give an account for God. And people would say that a lot of times when they'd see me making changes or not taking stands that uh, they thought I ought to take or stands that, uh, you know, were the predominant doctrines of the church that I grew up in. And it wasn't that I went in wanting to be rebellious or wanting to change anything. That that wasn't what it was. I just wanted to please God uh, and I wanted to help people and I wanted to minister to people. Uh, but I remember uh, standing and, you know, making this pledge to God that God, I'll try to speak where you say speak, be silent where you say, sp- si- say stay silent. I won't pretend that I understand what I don't understand. And Uh, I won't do things just because we've always done them a certain way. And, you know, as I opened myself up to that, to God, uh, I really began to rearrange some priorities in my spiritual life. And, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about that, but, um, you know, I, I pastored the church, saw a lot of success. We went from a small building of, you know, four or 5,000 square feet to 
and less than a half an acre of land to when I uh, resigned as the senior pastor of the church that I had pastored for almost 30 years, just lacked probably four or five months making it to 30 years. Uh, we had property of almost 100 acres. We had uh, at least 75, 80,000 square feet of building space. We had grown from when I first became pastor, a small congregation of around 100 people to our membership at the highest peak was probably over 1,400 people. And we saw a lot of great things done in this community, uh, in the community that I was involved in, formed a lot of cooperative uh, relationships with the government, uh, the local businesses, and we were able to do a lot of good in our community uh, in the name of Christ. And I think probably some of the most fun I had was we hosted some July the 4th parties. I used to go to Disney World as a young man and think, how in the world do they get people to come in the middle of the summer and wait in long lines and pay too much money uh, to see a show that's five minutes or ride a ride that takes a couple of minutes and then people walk away and say, man, I want to do this again and this is so much fun. And I begin to think about ways that uh, we could get people to our church property. And so we started uh, putting on July the 4th events and I think we did that for, I think, seven years, six, seven years we hosted those. We partnered with the county and the city uh, for fireworks. I think uh, one year, because we had Mother's Finest play, we had over 22,000 people. Uh, the you know public uh, officials uh, estimated that we had over 22,000 people on our property and the county's property that had joined us watching the fireworks and listened uh, listen to, uh, you know, the, the, the activities of the day. We had bands come in and vendors. It was just so much fun reaching out in the community. In fact, I know people that are still going to church. In fact, the church that I used to pastor to this day that said, you know, preacher, I came out because I knew, uh, or because of, of what you guys did at July the 4th, we started that time. I remember that particular, that particular July the 4th, it was uh, interesting. I had a guy drive up on a motorcycle during the middle of the day as we were getting ready. And he's like, I want to know why a church would have Mother's Finest come out. And I'm like, well, are you coming? And he said, absolutely. I said, well, that's why we're doing it, because I, I want you to come. And I would always take five minutes uh, right at time for fireworks. And I would tell people about the love of God about the grace of God, and it was something that I was very committed to and very, very passionate about. Uh, I uh, stepped down from the church in May of 2017, and for the past couple of years, I've been working for a construction project management company, having a great time um, out of uh, Chicago. Also do a service once a month, still do weddings and funerals and, and things like that. But, uh, I like to think of myself as having broadened my ministry base. And instead of it just being in four walls, I'm, uh, doing podcasts and I'm doing blogs and things on uh, my website, uh, and, and just doing all that I can to be an encouragement to people and to hopefully, uh, encourage people in their life and in their in their living. 
you know, my life experience, uh, if we were to talk about that, uh, very conservative upbringing, um, very religious, uh, very devoted. Uh, I don't have any horror stories or any anger about the way I was raised, though I was uh, raised very conservatively. I was raised very uh, strictly and not allowed to do a lot of things uh, like go to movies and skating rinks. And I, I laugh sometimes at all the stuff we didn't do, but you know, it was, it was, it was what my parents or how my parents had chose to raise me, but yet there were a lot of good things that we did as well. But uh, I remember, you know, I, I remember as I began to be an adult and I think it's what everybody goes through uh, and especially as I began to be the pastor, the senior pastor, have to make decisions that were going to affect people's lives. Um, I just couldn't do things because I always had done them. And I began to be very conflicted in my mind uh, uh, as I grew in, in my thinking. And a lot of people from my past even, you know, might say, well, um, you you were— uh, you were deceived or you it's it's what's always said when somebody changes what they've thought or what they've been taught to believe you know you're being deceived but the reality is is that as I grew uh, in my understanding it wasn't that I was out to change anything as but as I grew in my understanding I began to be very conflicted about um how I was going to reconcile what I did as a pastor of a predominantly Christian church, uh, how I was going to reconcile that with what I saw and what I understood. And so, you know, I walked that path out uh, as best I could and, um, you know, I think did an honorable job being um, devoted. And even to this day, as I speak, uh, once a month in a Christian environment, I'm totally devoted to uh, what I believe personally about God and about what we can know about God through Jesus Christ. Um, I think one of the biggest conflicts in my life was even as an early on, I had this idea about religion that people who were truly followers of God were never going to have any problems, never going to have any issues, never going to have any sin, and and that the mark of being a good Christian was that there was no sin, there was no problems, there was no struggle in your life. And I, I remember when I was called or felt this call to be a pastor, I was like, well, somebody messed up because uh, I'm not perfect, and I know that I'm supposed to be perfect if I'm going to be a pastor. And um you know, it, it was funny because I, I, I've often joked, but the serious, the real reality is, is that as I got to know other pastors, I come to understand that they were human beings just like everybody else. They might have kept people at a distance, but they struggled uh, the same way that other, other people did. You know, I, I, I kind of laughed at this day. I was reading something this morning about somebody, some well-known Christian person, and you know, people were saying, "Well, I'm gonna tell the truth about him." And uh, I, I laugh now, chuckle a little bit inside of me as we uh, act disappointed when people have failures in their life, when people have 
problems and sin in their life, when basically they're guilty of being human beings, human beings are always going to be subject to frailties and temptation and sin and anger, and uh, they're always going to be apt to disappoint you, and they're always going to make poor choices. And it's just interesting to me the hypocrisy in some people to act as though they don't struggle when I know, in fact, that in my almost 30 years of pastoring, I knew a lot of people intimately as far as the intimate details of their life because they would come to me and share those with me, and I know that everybody struggles on some level. And so my goal, uh, even as a pastor, was to try to convince people that in spite of the frailties in your life, you certainly have a right to move on. You certainly have a right to live. You have a right to worship God. You have a right to believe uh, for the best in your life. You have a right uh, to to stand among other people who pretend as well to not have any problems. And and it's just uh, it's it's always been this passion of mine to try to help people move forward. I know that I was affected by a lot of things in my life. As a young man, I witnessed or I found firsthand, you know, I I, I saw the trauma of, you know, a murder-suicide in my own family. I may talk about that later, very close in my family. And uh, it affected me even at my age now. I still deal with some of the implications of that. Uh, relationship failures, uh, personal relationship failures and friendships. And uh, I know people have let me down, but I've let them down as well. And I've uh, betrayed people and been betrayed by people. And so, you know, I I understand the human condition. And even though I believe we should be trying to do our best, I'm not going to be naive enough to continue to minister, to continue to talk with the hypocrisy that is talked about a lot of times in life that, uh, you know, you're not really doing good if you're not perfect, because I realize that we all have good and bad inside of us and that we we work hard to be the best versions of ourselves that we can. You know, I uh, experienced a season of cancer uh, where I went through some cancer and I went through the death of my mom and dad. In fact, I went through the death of my mom and dad. I went through separation um, in, in personal relationships. I went through cancer. Uh, I went through a lot of things in a, in a short period of time. And it, um, you know, it takes a lot to continue to move forward. And I'm telling you these things if you're taking a moment to listen, because I really do feel like that on these podcasts, I have some things to bring, some value, some wisdom, uh, some encouragement to bring to people, because I can tell you about the cancer fear, the fear of it, the going through six months of chemo. I can talk to you about uh, the why me 
not the why me, why did I have cancer, but I've had several good friends my same age that died of cancer. And it's like, wow, I'm so blessed to be alive and I'm so blessed to have life in my body. I want to make sure that I do the best that I can with what has been given to me. Um, you know, just two years ago, my life turned upside down when what I had given my life to as far as pastoring a church. I had actually spent most of my life and my good years serving other people in the name of Jesus Christ, only to see at the end uh the result of a power grab, really, somebody wanting power and control, I begin to see people turn away from me. And as they begin to look at uh, the mistakes and the failures in my life that had always been there, I, I kind of chuckled a while back, uh, was sharing with another board, another church board about how I thought they ought to deal with their pastor if he ever had some problems. And and I, I kind of chuckled because one of the people in one of the last meetings I had said, well, you're just not who we thought you were. And I'm like, uh, called him by name. I said, I'm exactly who I said I was. I've always told you I was a human being who had a lot of problems and a lot of issues. And that if you really knew who I was, you wouldn't want me to be your pastor. And I think sometimes in church and even in life, we're not used to that type of honesty. Um, but, you know, I, I, I saw my life Ups, turned upside down as what I thought would always be there for me. And it hasn't been easy. There were those nights when I'm like, how, how am I going to survive? How am I going to move forward? How is it that I'm going to continue to live when, you know, what I thought was my future is gone? And But I, I, I want you to know, I've seen my life go through that. I've gone through, uh, you know, these relationship issues. I've gone through a divorce. I've I've seen my life shattered by and battered by lies and deception from other people. And I've felt the shame of people knowing partially of things that have gone on in your life. And I've felt that, uh, well, I don't know if I really want to walk down the streets of the town that I live in because of what people might be thinking. But I want you to know because of my faith, I believe in God and of his grace and his love. It gave me courage to live, and and I want to be able to address some of these things in podcasts, not in a preachy way, but in podcasts. So, you know, I've learned how to start over a new career path after 30 years, coping with my own humanity, my fear, my anger, my bitterness, and and I, I, I hope to be able to share some words of encouragement with those that would listen to these podcasts podcast on a weekly basis. I've learned how to rise above these, and I'm still doing it, personal failures and mistakes, uh, the loneliness, the despair, the having people that were your friends not be your friends. And I want to tell you, my friend, life's precious and it's worth living. So you can keep living and you can keep moving forward even in the face of all your mistakes and all of your failures and your personal disappointment. Uh, I want to talk to you about revisiting the barren places of things that you uh, 
you know, you 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 gave everything for to try to to make live career paths, uh, educational dreams to only see them dissipate and disappear. I had somebody send me a text today uh, that reminded me that he that began a good work in you is able to complete it. And I have to encourage you today that you can revisit those barren places and you can move forward. You can live beyond the shattered parts of your life. And I encourage people a lot of times that your life's not falling apart, but actually your things are falling together. You just keep your head up and you keep moving forward. So that's that's uh, what I want to do with these podcasts. And you may say, well, there's millions of other people that are trying to encourage people and have greater ability and insight than you do. And and yeah, they probably do, but I've got a voice that nobody else has. And I've got a unique approach and a unique way. And like Luke said in scripture, if we were to go to the Bible and, uh, you know, Luke said, there's been a lot of people that have talked about Jesus, but I want to tell you what I know about him. So there's been a lot of people that have talked about life, but I want to tell you what I know about it. And I want to share that with those of you that would like to listen and hopefully you'll find an encouraging word and find something because some people will hear my voice that won't hear others just as we listen to certain voices and we don't hear others. So, you know, this forum won't be religious, uh, even though a majority of my life has been spent as a pastor. Uh, it won't be preachy, just some honest, frank, interesting, and hopefully respectful talk about real life about real issues, about um, bringing and finding encouragement through faith, through psychology, through philosophy, uh, through writers, uh, biblical writers, through secular writers, finding encouragement. And we'll have guests on from time to time to, to bring other perspectives and bring encouragement to you because I want to, to bring a practical inspiration and motivation to you about living uh, this thing that we call life that's most most precious. I'll share stories and go deeper into experiences from my life, religious and spiritual principles. I'll talk to you about philosophy and what it's done for me and uh, how it's challenged me and psychology and just good old common sense. I think I've got a lot to share, and I think you'll be blessed if you will listen. Again, I want to thank you to uh, those of you that are listening to the DKP Word. I want to encourage you to subscribe to this podcast wherever you may be listening and whatever venue or whatever uh, the avenue, the, the the means that you may be getting this podcast, I want you to subscribe to it. Visit my website, davidkpain.com. Uh, davidkpain.com, and there you'll find uh, a, a host of my writings, my blogs. You'll find times where we've ministered, and I'll encourage you don't get turned off because uh, you see me in a pulpit preaching or talking uh, in a church environment because certainly this podcast is not just geared toward people who share a common faith with me, and I won't use this just as a platform to try to persuade you about my faith. If something piques your interest about faith, that's good. 
but I want you to know that I just want to bring an encouraging word to you about life, and you can always know that it'll be respectful and that you can share it with anybody, regardless of what their faith may be, their religious uh, leanings may be, or they may have none. They'll find something here to be encouraged about. Uh, email your friends the, the, the links where you found this and help me uh, kind of blitz so social media and promoting this effort because if we're going to do it, I want to do it good and I want it to be an encouragement to people. Again, my name's David Payne and this is the DKP Word. You can find out more about me and uh, see more of my writings and hear some uh, of my future podcasts at davidkpayne.com and you can find out more information there about how to contact me, but I just thank you for taking this time. I think we've been almost 40 minutes and we're going to shoot for 30, 40 minutes when it's just me and, uh, you know, around an hour when I have a guest. But thank you for taking time to listen. And I trust that uh, uh, you found out a little about me. And and if you don't know me, uh, it's piqued your interest enough that makes you want to come back and look for other things that we do. And for those of you that do know me, uh, that it inspires you to want to keep moving forward and that it's an encouragement to you that you would share with other people. So until next time, thanks for joining me on the DKP Word. Again, this is David Payne with the DKP Word.